3: Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. You know that means this is the date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, church questions, stuff going on in your life, questions, anything and everything. All you have to do is call us, 210 340-9585. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car... The safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Well, Thursday means Paula. Paula, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here.
3: You're fresh from a live engagement at jury duty.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, that was weird because it was a Zoom thing. But Pastor Ron, I was so... You know, I prayed all night because I was like, Lord, you know I don't want to go over here. And uh, I don't know how to do Zoom stuff, so you got to help me. But I said, I want to put my best foot forward. I want to, you know, do all things as unto the Lord. So I got, I woke up, did my stretching, took a shower, you know, put some makeup on. uh, I
3: said, all you have to do is put a shirt on.
4: I was putting my best foot forward, and I was sure <laughs> I was going to get called. Um, but you know, you're on for a while, and and you know, then they call. This is this what they said, Miss Paula? <laughs> what's your number? You know, and you give know, mm-hmm. you give them your number, and then there, there's a whole bunch of other people you have to wait for them to. There's some people who didn't know how to do Zoom stuff worse than me. <laughs> it was cute, but um,
3: yeah, maybe they ought to go like into the middle schools. <laughs> to get zoom jurors, because all those kids know how to do the electronics. You know stuff. they
4: do, and then some of them it was cute because you could hear mom in the background, <laughs> on some of <laughs> and then uh, wives were trying to help their husbands, I, and you can hear them. I don't know how to do it either. You know, and so it was it was fun. And then the young man who was trying to, you know, what do you call, MC the whole thing? He was trying to uh, help us. He was very calm, you know, trying to help us all.
3: Just think, though, he does that job every day.
4: And he said the same exact yeah. thing after each person. You can uh, mute this and/or um, turn off your camera if you choose to. After every single name, mm. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I bet he says that in his sleep, mm. you know. But anyway, it was. I was. Me
3: too. Thirty-three-four-zero-nine-five-eighty-five. Yeah, in my
4: sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was. It was. It was cool. And then the the what took the longest was after we all checked in, the guy comes on. He goes, um, I'm sorry to inform you that it's going to be a little bit – we uh, can't seem to get the judge on. I'm <laughs> like, <Okay>, what? <laughs> but when she did finally come in, she goes, well, about 99% of you are going to be so thrilled with what I have to say. Um, and she said, we don't need you to be jurors. And, and and she said, "Is that okay with you?" And there was people saying, "Hallelujah!" Um, somebody else said, Orale uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> glory to God!" You know, was-
3: and, and all the while I'm thinking Romans eight twenty eight, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you can. I, this is a, a moment of honest confession here. Mm-hmm. You convicted me mildly. When you came out and you said after all of that happened, you said, "Well, I want to put my best foot forward and I want to do all things unto the Lord. I didn't want to complain. I didn't want to this because all last evening and this morning I've been thinking it's date day. day. <laughs> you should have called and said any other day but Thursday it's date day. day. Yes. And and then when God just wiped out and we could spend the date day together, mm-hmm. it was like oh yeah." <laughs>
4: Martha, Martha, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know you just you just try to be a good citizen. I I didn't want to go, you know, and it was date day. I was like, the nerve of them, you know what I'm saying? But you just think, well, Lord, that's what I was saying. Lord, you know, my days
3: date days on our calendar, we need to put it on everybody else's calendar.
4: You know that is true. We could pray and ask the Lord to, but anyway, I was done. I mean, I had to you know, log in at 8. And I was, t- they were done with me by 9.30. I was like. Yeah, I was
3: thinking about 9.15 is when you told me,
4: hey, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it took a little bit longer because they came back and asked for suggestions of how they can better do things. So it, it, it was a, a decent, um, it was a decent morning for me. Instead of, mm-hmm. I've had to do that before where you have to go downtown, sit in the room with, you know, 70, 80, 100 people. It took. And it takes all day. You take yeah. a lunch, a book, you know, what you can study, whatever.
3: I, I, I was trying to make breakfast plans.
4: Sam, can you take me to breakfast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So, yes, hey, would. Paula, before you get go any further, we got a caller holding, Robert from San Antonio on line one. Robert, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
5: Thanks, Pastor Ron. I appreciate it. Hi, Paula. How are you?
4: Hey, I Robert. You I'm doing
5: partner. great. The question I have for you, uh, Pastor uh, Ron, is I have a friend of mine who wants to name her child after a zelzel. Am I saying that right? The fallen angel? Uh,
3: I, I don't. Can I you... don't. I, that's that's myth. I, I, there's no angel named that in the Bible. So I don't know, Robert.
5: OK, well, I know they mentioned it in Leviticus. I thought, what is that that name? Have you heard that or is that just?
3: Uh, I, I'm I'm not familiar with it. Can you spell it for me?
5: A z a z e l. A z. A z e
3: l. Robert, I'm going to have to do some research. I've never heard of it. It's probably something um, that comes from Catholic tradition, but I don't know the answer to that. And uh, I, my my research staff is here saying, I need just one minute, they're getting it for me. Um, but, but naming a, a, a child after a fallen angel would be a horrible idea. I mean, even if it were true, and, it's, and it's, I don't think it's true, but even if it were true, um, as Azazel, as a here it is in Jewish legends, a demon or evil spirit to whom in the ancient rite of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, a scapegoat was sent, bearing the sins of Jewish people. Two male goats were chosen uh, for the ritual, one designated by lots for the Lord, the other for Azazel from Leviticus chapter 16, verse 8. So I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't think, Robert, that it is a good idea or honoring to the Lord at all to name somebody uh, Azazel. You know, we don't have uh, girls being named Jezebel anymore simply because it's, it's uh, the, the association with pure evil and wickedness. And almost never do you see uh, a, a male child named Judas uh, because he was the betrayer of the Lord. So these things kind of um, go consistently. But um, that's an obscure passage from uh, Leviticus, and um, uh, it, it's Jewish legend rather than anything concrete and I will do a little bit more research if you can tune in for tomorrow's program Robert, I'll do a little bit more research and, and see what the, um, the the genesis of the inclusion of uh, that name in Leviticus is and I'll get that tomorrow, I don't have time to do it today Robert, thank you for the question, I appreciate it very very much
4: that's strange yeah it is
3: I've been trying to get people to name their girl babies Afia.
4: I know. that's, Afia, that's pretty. A P
3: P H I A. It's it's the name of of Philemon's wife, uh, the pastor in in one of the churches in Colossae. Okay. And uh, Afia, she's um, a lover of God, and I just I nobody's ever taken me up on that. But Afia is such a good name. It's pretty. And, you know, I tried the R-son because all, all three of our grandkids and from that son start with A.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I said, Afia. I got to new it. Afia. Mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. they said no.
4: They got to get saved.
3: So we got Asia, Aya,
4: uh-huh. and Anderson. Uh-huh. I can understand Anderson. <laughs> my maiden name. No. But anyway, yeah. Hey, you no, know, babe, I was thinking, you know, um, the rich and then the poor. You know, we, we don't discriminate against either you know uh, in fact some of the poorer people uh, that is monetarily have great insight with the lord they're they're just close to him because they're clinging to him um for everything like the the widow you know that gave her might um jesus was counting on him for everything and then they have some rich people who not necessarily christians they're counting on their bank accounts and their houses, their cars, their boats, and all that kind of stuff. But in Proverbs 22 2, it says, The rich and poor have this in common the Lord is the maker of them all. Can you just, you know, I told you I was going to ask you some questions. So <laughs> here we go. Explain that, please.
3: Well, you know, Jesus said it's hard for rich men to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, harder than it is for camel to go through the line of a needle. He was using, obviously, um, hyperbole. Um, but but if, correctly, uh, if, if somebody is wealthy, they have a tendency not to have to lean on God. And uh, if somebody is poor, then it's the other direction, and they have to, to, to trust the Lord. Um, and, and I just think it's a matter of where you put your faith and your trust. And we know, those of us who have had money, uh, and and in my old life, I had a lot of it, Um, um, I thought it made me invincible. All it did was make me a vile sinner. And uh, I just think, Paula, it's it's a matter of where is your trust? It's something that we don't understand. Uh, Generally speaking, uh, from the time that we're little, we're taught to strive to be successful. And we measure success in a capitalist world, and there's nothing wrong with capitalism, but but we, we, we measure success according to how much we have. And people who do what we do now uh, and make very little money doing it are often considered failures. You know, we've, we've had parents over the years whose children wanted to be missionaries or to serve God, and their parents were, no, you can't do that. You need to be a doctor. You need to be a lawyer. We wanted you to be successful. That was our dream. And uh, the reality is they should have been absolutely thrilled. If I had a child that came to me and said, I want nothing more than to, 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 to serve God for my life, mm-hmm. um, that we, the parents would be thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of, of priorities and focus. And thank God there are a lot of rich people who trust him, who love him, who depend on him, and with their wealth they uh, commit it back to him, mm-hmm. and um, he keeps blessing them because he can trust them with his stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just I think it, it's it's a focus we have to have that distinguishes us from people in the world. All I want is Jesus, and if Jesus chooses to give us a lot of money, praise the Lord. I always tell the church here, and you've heard me say this a bunch of times, <laughs> I'm actually in favor of rich Christians. Oh, uh-huh, me too. And then and, and mm-hmm. I ask, are there any of you here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, But but um, um, it, it's just wealth is fleeting. Wealth is, is unsatisfying. And um, the wealthy man or woman who can rely completely on God is rare. It's difficult, but I think it works. Yeah.
4: Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your, your wonderful answer there, Pastor Ra. I love listening to this radio program, even when I'm not on it. So, thank you very much. You know, I just had a, uh, I was asking one of the guys, you know, how's it going in your life, and, and what what would you talk about? And he was quick to say, do you guys ever talk about parenting? Um, you know, they have four children one's way of college and that was the one who helped a lot um, but they, they want to maintain a good marital relationship but with three rambunctious boys at home um, they're always running here and there for their sports activities, school you know, you're disciplining your kids um, you're, you're reading together with your wife, you're praying together with your wife but where's that that, that intimate and dating relationship when you're kind of always um, really either in the van or, you know, whatever car they are um, to nurture that that relationship. Because even when they have conversation, it's about what's the next thing on the calendar. Um, Well, we could have done this with with the kids or we should have said this, you know, or especially when you have to discipline them, that just – you know that just ruins a, a date night for sure. Cause then you're feeling bad, or you're halfway mad, um, you're disappointed. And so, you know, do you guys ever talk about stuff like that? And so I said, well, I'm sure we get questions every once in a while, but with us being empty nesters, it doesn't really come up that much. <laughs> we really like the empty nest. Not that we we I loved being a mom. I loved being a mom once I got over the initial shock of being pregnant, and I'm just a kid, going to have a kid. And, you know, what kind of mom am I going to be? You know, just scared to death. Um, But once I got over that, I loved pretty much every bit of it, even those times when I thought, why do we have kids? You know, (laughs) can we give them back? But even that, the challenges and the joy um, was a lot of fun. I remember uh, just in talking to this young man, um, a couple of times when our kids, because both of them were very athletic, and they both played the same sport when they were younger, t-ball and then baseball, and if they had games the same day, the same time, you and I would have to split up. And uh, so we, we, I understand that part. And then uh, one child was more, um, he's going to get his schoolwork done, you know. And the other one was, how many do I have to get right to get to pass kind mm-hmm. of a thing just different personalities um the one is just a daredevil and then the other one's very cautious i mean there's two different people even though i dress them the same <laughs> <laughs> people would ask if they are twins no they are not twins yeah uh, but yeah so i remember some of those challenges um but we don't we don't really talk about that that much so do um, you want to
3: chime yeah, in? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the date day just in general, and then we'll talk about it as it relates to the issues that come up uh, in the course of raising a family. Uh, I, I think it's really important for every couple to have some time just for themselves. Um, our date day, we, we started doing it on Thursday, mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know, 100 years ago when we got here to, to Texas. <laughs> and um, we have we have pretty much kept Thursdays uh, except for jury duty, uh, we we pretty much kept Thursdays um, sort of in an untouchable place. And it's not that we do a bunch of stuff, you know. We're we're older, and and uh, we do the things that we like to do. But it's not like we're going out to romantic dinners um, or or going to vacation spots or anything. Um, we're just together. Mm-hmm. and I think that's what really, really is important. It's adult time. It's um, um, uh, time to 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 make your spouse feel like they are the most important person in your life. And uh, I, I think when we let life sort of cramp that out, uh, we're doing a disservice. Mm-hmm. Marriage is hard enough in these days. We're trying to make ends meet. we got financial pressure. we got uh, problems going on in the world pressure. We've got, uh, in many cases, physical illnesses that, that cause us to be worried about some things. Um, and and we, there needs to be a time when we get away f- from all of that. And and a reminder that it's fun. Now, uh, I realize that husbands and wives often are so different and, and they have a hard time finding stuff that that works for both of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but nobody's as different as you and I are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really different. You're different. Um, but you're fun. Now, I'm not fun, so you have to work out a little bit harder. But, <laughs> but you're fun to be around. Mm-hmm. So we can just enjoy one another uh, and we don't do a lot of things different. I mean, we, we'll go to some places. and But, but for the most part, um, it's it's like another day, except there's no distractions. Um, we have to come and do the radio show. The, mm-hmm. This radio show was born when, when we were asked to do this program uh, on a daily basis uh, a little more than nine years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, 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 the first thing I had to do was come to you and say, look, this will change our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, the other thing, it'll change your life because on Thursday, we're going to do a date day show. Mm -hmm. You're going to be on the radio. Mm -hmm. That's when you almost divorced me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I almost punched you. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) So I I think it's just important to keep that priority. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not about anything else that goes on. Now, obviously, if you've got kids at home, their life goes on, and you've got to do those things. But there's got to be some time when the husband and the wife are, are together. It's just them and Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, um, that's that's a time of refreshing. Um, in His presence is the fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. That that word I love so much in the Greek. Mm-hmm. That times of refreshing. Mm-hmm. The marriage needs to be refreshed. Now, when there are children involved, um, I think our culture has really done a disservice to uh, the families of those who love Jesus uh, because they've done everything they can to, to, to sort of cram in all the activities on weekends, on church nights, um, things like that. And I think the parents need to sit down with their kids and establish priorities mm-hmm. and trying to do too much. Uh, our, our younger son is um uh, he is thank god his daughter our granddaughter turned 16 17 17 and she's mm-hmm. a she's a a, a responsible girl
2: yeah.
3: um um his wife spent so much time in a van in southern california taking them to 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 tennis or to dance or to to the other volleyball, things volleyball soccer there.
4: all of that they were they were always in the van i could not i don't think i've ever called her when she was not in a vehicle, going here or there. So, yeah, going like volleyball for sure. Now two girls are volleyball, one still dance. Our uh, Anderson is tennis, and they're always on but, the go. And but, she's yeah. room mom at the school. Yeah. And and the, and
3: the practices were 30, 40 miles oh, yeah. away. Yeah. And so there was a lot of and, – and so she got a car, and that worked.
4: Yes, that helps.
3: It helps a lot. But, but I think we've got to say no to some things. hmm and and I think these are times for family discussions where we say, your mom and I need some time. The time that we give you, we need that same kind of time. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to decide what are the things that are important. I think tr- trying to indulge our children too much is a part of the problem. Now, the the person that you're talking about, I'm sure that's not the case.
4: Well, for instance, if they're always about the kids, even when even when you have time alone, you're in, you're still just talking about the kids instead of focusing well, on each other. And,
3: and that's sort of the focus of the discipline that I was referring to. Um, you, you, they need to know. The kids need to know, and the adults need to stay uh, on course. We're 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 gonna. This is time for us. And one one of the adults in the room has to say. I, I know we've got some things going on at home with the kids, but, but tonight this is about us. Mm-hmm. And um, th- those are times to pray together. Those are times to get the word together, times to go out and have an adult dinner together and have adult conversation. But it's just a matter of staying focused on the task at hand and all the while explain to the kids that there is a day or there is an evening when they're not the priority in the family. You know, we grew up at a different time. Mm -hmm. Kids uh, were never the focus of everything. Everything, yeah. Uh, If you took kids with you, our children behaved very, very well, so we could take them everywhere.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: But they knew they needed to behave. They needed to be respectful. They needed to be courteous. And they could be involved in some really neat things. The minute they stopped being any of those things then they were going to be home, mm-hmm. and we were going to go out and have fun. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to be with us, so we did that. And and I just think the, the, the children now have been raised to expect that moms and dads are going to drop everything for whatever their need is. And that's just not healthy. It's not a healthy environment in the home.
4: Yeah, my granddaughter, the one who has the, the car now, <clears throat> at one time in her life, she says, Grandma, your name is Grandma. I'm supposed to tell you. Well, we want, and you're supposed to get it. <laughs> you remember that? I do. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, baby." I also
3: remember the look on her face when you said, "Well, well, I'm not that grandma." Yeah,
4: I'm not that grandma.
3: <laughs> and of course, they still love you.
4: Oh yeah, I, I, they have a healthy respect. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. But I, I just think it's something you have to. You, it, it has to be a discipline, and it makes the 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 the, the spouse feel valuable. Yeah. And uh, it's it's. There's times when you got to say, you know what, phone's not working tonight. I'm just gonna do it for you. This is for you. Ah,
4: I think that's hey, sweet.
3: we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show. We'd love your calls or questions. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes.
1: back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630 KSLR. Now here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
3: Welcome back to the program 340 9585. Paula, we have thirty minutes left for you to be brilliant. Oh, other shoot. than saying what? March is over today.
4: You know, that's just ridiculous.
3: It was just March 1st, Ronnie's birthday.
4: It was just January. What happened? Oh <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. It's crazy. Well, I was looking at Mark chapter 6. I love how we just saw in Mark chapter 6 where Jesus specializes. Jesus specializes in the fourth watch of the night. And then I have dot, dot, dot. Here comes Jesus, you know, to save the day. Man, what I was Mighty Mouse. That's Mighty Mouse. Yeah. But why do I? Why did I say that? Because it seemed like I just saw Mighty Mouse not too long ago. Anyway, girl, come back. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. But it says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went on a mountainside to pray. And you were telling us, of course, if Jesus needed to pray and get along with his Father. So do we, because um, we need to be prepared for what's coming. And as we pray, we are in the presence of the Lord and he can take care of things, you know, like, Jesus, you sick them, you get them. Lord Jesus, you got me right. You know? <laughs> uh, but if since Jesus needs a time, so do we. And even talking about um, parenting and being so busy and all the time in the car with the kids going here and there, you know, school and all that, church and everything. Um, Are we really taking that time to be still before the Lord? Because we really do need it. Because if we don't, um, even just like the young man was saying, you know, you can lose your temper. Uh, You can say things that you you never get that back. I mean, it's out there. Um, You can do things that you will regret Forever, Um, and so spending that time with Jesus will better prepare you, and um, you'll be convicted quicker. You know, I mean, even like as soon as you are the son of God, and then um, no Lord. I mean, just that quick, we can we can go the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But spending time with Jesus will will better prepare us. I shouldn't say. I should nope.
3: say, <clears throat> Paul. Mark chapter six is—we finished it last week, and um, I, I'm sorry to see that chapter go. Me too. You know, there are chapters you teach that they're really intense, and you think, "Okay, I'm glad we're we're moving on." Mm-hmm. But Mark six is such a spectacular chapter in our Bibles, and and what especially sticks out to me is that it starts out with unbelief. You know, Jesus goes to his hometown, and because the people there were overly familiar with him, oh, God couldn't come from here, and we know he's doing miracles, and he's teaching with authority that we've never seen before. But we know him. We grew up with his family and his brothers and his sisters. And by the way, San Antonio, Jesus had brothers and sisters. (laughs) Um, um, And yet it said he could not do any miracles there because of unbelief. And then the rest of the chapter is filled with the kind of miracles that he would do. Um, um, he sent his disciples out two by two and gave them authority over demons and, and the, the, the power to heal diseases. Um, there was an a, a earlier a, a trip on the lake where a furious squall came up and Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is followed by the feeding of the 5,000 Um, uh, such an important miracle the the only story that all four gospel writers cover and and those are the miracles that the people missed out on because of unbelief or because they were overly familiar um, with 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 jesus the jesus they thought they knew and then these miracles come up and last sunday when we closed the chapter uh, when Jesus went out to them, walking on the water,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, I just love that story. Not only because it was a fourth watch of the night, which means it's getting pretty late, and we're about to drown out here. This <laughs> terrible. Jesus just walks out casually and mm-hmm. says, "Hi, guys, how you doing?" And 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 gives Peter another opportunity to participate in something that can only be described as miraculous. Mm-hmm. Peter gets out of the boat, walks on the water for a few steps. We don't know how many steps and then he gets his eyes off jesus just like we get our eyes off jesus with the things of this world that Mm -hmm. come along Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's when he starts to sink and then we've got the best prayer in in our bibles help help or save me lord Mm -hmm. one translation Mm says but help and jesus was right there to lift him up and then i always like to point out that jesus and peter walked back on the water to the boat however far they were out Mm -hmm. and then the thing that 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 is stunning about this this whole miraculous chapter is that there were 11 disciples who stayed in the boat. And that's, that's a perfect description of the condition of the Church of Jesus Christ, especially here. I only talk about here because this is where I am, but here in, in the United States, uh, we got a whole bunch of people that are around Jesus all the time. But they never really participate in the miraculous. They never really participate in something that Jesus is doing because they're in the safe place. They're in the, 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 the comfort and safety of the boat. And probably, I mentioned last Sunday, in all likelihood, they were mocking Peter. Oh, Peter, you can't walk on water. When Peter started to step out over the edge of the boat, oh, you can't walk on water. Peter, nobody can walk on water. What do you think you're doing? Oh, that Peter, he always thinks he's better than the rest of us. But Peter walked on the water and 11 disciples who had cast out demons, who'd healed the sick, who participated in the feeding of the 5,000. And, and they'd seen these unbelievable things. 11 of them stayed in the boat. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, it's a tragedy for the church of Jesus Christ that far more Christians are staying in what they perceive to be a safe place, a comfortable place, uh, unwilling to take risks when Jesus says, come on, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's, uh, didn't mean to hijack your question, whatever it mm-hmm. is, Paul, but but <laughs> but it's just important that we we trust Jesus. Bid me, to, Lord, I, Peter's words, and I, I like King James. Mm-hmm. Peter's words were, mm-hmm. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Mm-hmm. And And Jesus is saying that to us all day, every day. It's me. Come out here. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm scared. It doesn't make sense. It's not what I want to do. And she said, just come out in the water. And we don't do it. We're, mm-hmm. We stay in the boat. And I think that's a tragedy.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You have a, a thing over, over your head in our TV room. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's real small. It's just a TV in there. Anyway, but it says, put out into deep water. You know, and I love the fact when when Jesus says that to Peter, look, Lord, we've been fishing all night. You know, there's no fish out here. We're fishermen. Jesus, do your job. We'll do ours. You're the preacher. We're the fisher people. And But then he says, because Peter comes to his senses, and he says, but because you said so, we'll put the net out. We should be like that in everything if Jesus asks us to do something well, I'm not real comfortable with that, Jesus. I don't really agree. You know. it's isn't not it funny, why do
3: we think we need to give him our opinion? I know.
4: but Don't we? <laughs> yeah. We do. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Uh, if, I,
3: if if this doesn't work, Jesus, it's on you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but because you said so, but because you said so, I'm going to step out. I, I'm sure this isn't going to work out, but because you said so, I'm going to take the you know what if the what if the Israelites hadn't put their foot on the the Red Sea? If they hadn't done it, they'd have been overtaken.
3: Yeah, you're thinking about the the, the Jordan, River, Jordan when, River when they had to take the, the, River, the, the Levites right. went, mm-hmm. went first, mm-hmm. and as soon as their foot touched the water, yeah. then it dammed up. Yeah, but, Jesus but, told them to do it. What if but, they but did? See, that's what we have to go through to get to the Promised Land of yeah. our lives, yeah. and the Promised Land is not heaven the promised land is the perfect will of God for each and every one who's in these in these lives mm-hmm. what we have to do is we've got to take a step of faith nothing comes easy nothing comes comfortably mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, I've not been asked to take a step of faith that isn't scary mm-hmm. as all get out I mean it's scary
4: <laughs> it's scary makes you stay up at night <clears throat> praying really hard huh? but you
3: know Paula and, and uh, <laughs> uh, this is I think a word for everybody in the audience um, never once has Jesus asked me what I thought about a step of faith he was asking me to take. Mm-hmm. He never said, you know, I've been weighing something here. I'm thinking about we could do this or we could do this. What do you think? Yeah. He's never asked me that. Yeah.
4: Like he just he, tells me what to do. That's right. Like when he told you to come to San Antonio and you asked him why and this is what he said, I'll be waiting there for you. That's right. <laughs> get in a car. Mm-hmm. Get in a boat. Let's go. And so, Yeah. And, you
3: know, as hard as it was when we first got here, it was absolutely clear that he was here. It was almost like, you know, in our minds, we had him. And we had such a a fun trip. I mean, it was hard because we had an old dog and a small truck. And and, and we, we got to the San Antonio City Limits. And you started freaking out a little bit mm-hmm. because it was scary. Yes. Okay, now we're here. We're now really, we're, this is really happening. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't have a hotel. We got a dog. They won't let us put a dog in the hotel. Uh-huh. And, um, um, you know, it was this time in 1995, Fiesta.
2: Yep.
3: Uh, tonight, I think Fiesta starts. And it was, it was um, wow. in the first few days of Fiesta when we arrived here uh-huh. in 1995. Uh-huh. And the hotel rooms were expensive, and they were full, and and all we're thinking is, what are we going to do now? When it was, it got just a little bit frightening. Yeah. And um, Jesus was there. Yeah. And it was clear. We, I had this picture. I won't say we because. Okay. You're a lot more spiritual than I am. Yeah, right. But but I had this picture that God's <laughs> going to send us to San Antonio. Jesus said, I'll be waiting for you. I actually had this image in my mind that he was going to meet us at the city limits mm-hmm. with 500 of our closest friends yes. saying, hey, we got a building. Okay. we got a place for you to live. Mm-hmm. Let's go over here. This is where Calvary Chapel of San Antonio is going to start. Okay, maybe I am more spiritual than you because <laughs> that
4: never entered well, my no, mind. I, I just,
3: I just <laughs> thought, okay, this is going to be yeah. one supernatural leap uh-huh. to another. Yeah. And of course, that wasn't it. Those were the days of testing and trying. It was so easy to say, Lord, a church isn't going to start here. And and I did. And he said, I didn't tell you a church is going to start. I said, This is where I would be waiting for you. That's right. And my point in all of this is that the scary things are the ones that bless the most. And and it's okay to be afraid. Jesus said, Don't be afraid over and over and over. Mm -hmm. But the truth is he knows we are. That's why he said it so many times. So many times. That's right. People say, Well, it's a sin if you're afraid. You have no faith if you're afraid. Uh No, 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 no. Uh Faith is uh, fear is why we need faith. Yeah. And I remember those times where he was asking me to do things that there seemed to be no humanly possible way to do. And and he just said, Do this. And I'd take a step or two of faith. He did all the work, mm-hmm. but he was always in it. But I could have still been sitting in that one bedroom apartment, saying, "Well, well, okay, Lord, if you want me to do this, you know, where God guides, God provides. Uh, send the money so we can do this." But but he never ever did. I mean, he just said, "Just follow me." Mm-hmm. You know, we Christians in in comfortable America, we like to to think, "Well, okay, Jesus." Um, you show me and I'll believe. Mm-hmm. And Jesus never works that way. Jesus says, I'll tell you what, you believe and I'll show you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that we've got to remember.
4: Mm-hmm. And, we're not be- and and, and when, you're, when that's happening, you're not being arrogant or, you know, Peter wasn't being arrogant. He was just counting on the Lord to, you want me to come walk on the water? I'm going to go. He wasn't being arrogant. I know he was scared too. I'm sure even hearing the other 11 saying, can't walk on water he's like you know that's right but yeah. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> you, you know i know that's right but i'm gonna walk out there anyway because it's jesus you know if
3: it's you if it's you and that's all we gotta say lord if this is really you yeah and we test the spirits mm-hmm. it's really him mm-hmm. bid me to come to you on this water of faith yeah. and that's exactly what peter did and yeah. and uh 11 of them missed out
4: yeah and you know i the sweet thing too is even though Peter began to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus, you know, you know, why did you doubt? You know, don't be afraid. It's I kind of a thing. God wasn't mad at Peter. He wasn't mad at Peter at all. He was just like, oh man, you were doing so good. You kind of almost like, oh, you were doing so good, baby. And you took your eyes off me, and then you sink. So maybe next time, when I, when you get this kind of an opportunity, you'll just keep your eyes on me. It'll be better next time. But he wasn't mad. I love that. I love when you always make sure that we know that when we mess up, God's not mad. He's sad for us because it could have been better, but he's never mad. I like that. Thank you so much. And how, many, then we, how many
3: times, just, just out of curiosity, okay. when the disciples, now this happened throughout the whole ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The disciples would would often argue, walking behind Jesus, well, when he's gone, which of us is going to be the greatest?
4: Oh, man, yeah.
3: How many times do you think Peter said, well, how many of you walked on water? Yeah. Who who else would it be? You see, the, yeah, they missed out.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Walk by faith, not by sight, yeah. and God is the rewarder of those who do. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that that Jesus and Peter walked back to the boat. You know Jesus was proud, right? He was proud of I think he was proud of Peter. And then the wind died down. And then they were they were at their their destination.
3: Yeah, as soon as they got in the boat. That's, that's the unwritten miracle. Yeah. Instantly, when they got back in the boat, Crazy. they were at their destination mm-hmm. on yeah. the shore.
4: Yeah. So, babe, want to talk about, and I think you mentioned this, talking to Ruben yesterday. You mentioned the storms of correction and the storms of perfection. But I think, did you talk about both or just correction? Uh, I,
3: I I talked about correction more, but, uh-huh. but, uh, but I did talk a little bit about perfection. Uh-huh. Hey, before we go there, can I say one thing about the date day? thing with kids? Yeah. Okay, this just came to my mind what you were talking a minute ago. When when kids, family stuff gets in the way of mom and dad's date, uh, the, 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 one of the things we want to do is we want our children to see a father who cherishes um, their mother yes. and, and and a wife who adores uh-huh. their father. Yes. Um, and, and I think one of the ways you do that uh, is it's a principle that I had back in business before I was saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, weekends were where we made all of our money. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know everybody says weekend, Saturday and Sunday it's going to be business. Well, I understood better than most that the weekend began on Friday. You got to set the table. You got to have uh, expectations, and 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 if you got a good start on Friday, the weekend was always great. Mm-hmm. And so I had a rule, and I told everybody. Don't mess up Fridays. Today, we don't deal with problems. Today, we don't deal with egos. Today, we don't, don't deal with... The only thing we deal with for the next three days, beginning right now, is we got to sell cars and make money. Now, this is a time where mom and dad can sit their kids down and tell them there's not going to be any problems on day day your mother means so much to me that that's her day and you're not going to mess it up period. And then you have to be consistent in following through with that. If there's disobedience, there's nope, not going to happen today. This is state day. You and I will talk about this tomorrow mm-hmm. and then it gets left. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you actually train your kids uh, in the best of ways. They see the, the, the father who loves the mom and the mom who adores the dad but but they understand that they have a role in making that day special, and when you do that, I, I just I, I think it it develops a culture in the home, and and Jesus is the culture in all of our homes. Mm-hmm. So I, I that's that's a suggestion. So I'm sorry I didn't think about that earlier, but Paula, the storms of perfection.
4: That was brilliant. Thank you very, very much. Well, see,
3: God taught me a lot of things before I ever knew him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he taught me a lot of things, Mm -hmm. principles to live by. Part of the reason I was very successful in business Mm -hmm. is that um, um, God was teaching me stuff I needed to know now. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it and he didn't know it, but God was teaching me stuff. So I think that's good. Before we go to storms of perfection, we've got uh, Ron on line one. Ron, thanks for holding. You're on the air.
5: Hello, Pastor Paul and Mama Paula. It's, it's always a. You're listening. You know, Thank you, Ron.
4: You're,
5: you're welcome. Um, I guess you remember me. remember I had the. I asked the prayer request for my daughter. She was going to Los Angeles about three weeks ago. She got back safe and sound. Praise um, the Lord. Your prayers. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And,
3: and uh, mm-hmm.
5: she spent the whole week there with uh, two of her friends, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> all places to really, And it was like everything, it was like a treat for my daughter. They paid for everything, but I thought, oh. So you can imagine how daddy felt, you know, your only 25 year old daughter, one and only. And, um,
3: Ron, I've got pa- Pastor Ken uh, uh, on my staff. Uh, he has a son that goes to USC. And uh-huh. um, uh, he's right there in the middle of all that. So we know exactly how you've been feeling
5: thank you thank you I try not to worry you know that natural man is going to well up every once in a while and you have, have to you squash been... him with the supernatural <laughs> and you help me with that and the prayer It yeah she uh, she did have a good time and uh, good she said uh, it's, it's a long story maybe I'd love to share it with you in person someday but one more item here I had another question I'm going to bring it up on another call but I had to make a really um, positive comment a beautiful comment um in reference to mama paula i just love your chuckle your laugh it is so mm. uh, just part of the program um happy just sincere and genuine and when i mm. hear that chuckle when i hear your laugh i know that that's the absolute reflection of your heart the contentment mm. that you live with with our father you're blessed with a good a good husband a good man and uh, to hear that uh that your laugh your chuckle is just a big part of the show and I know if I thought of it and thinking of it I'm sure a lot of people love to hear that because we need laughter we need especially from the heart from your soul mm-hmm. so sincere mm-hmm. so genuine and I just wanted to thank you for your your the 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 audible portion of your heart that comes out of you with that chuckle, that laugh. And Mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that. You all sound like just an amazing team. And thank you all for all you do for all of us and making sense of sometimes the senseless and and making people understand things they're they're struggling with. But um, I just wanted to send my love and and my thankfulness for both of you all. And I can't wait Mm -hmm. to meet you in person.
3: God, God bless you, Ron. Thank, Thank you, you so Ron. very, very much. Thank you so Thank very you. much. I, I can vouch for that laugh; it's real. Um, Paula, I, and this is what I say to her all the time: you crack you up, don't you? <laughs> 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 because, because she cracks herself up. yeah. <laughs> and she's just there's a party going on in her heart all the time, and uh, it is contagious. And uh, Ron, I'm 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 grateful to God that you're blessed. By it, because that's who she really is. Mm-hmm. Well, Thanks. Paula, we are now in three-minute territory, so...
4: Okay, so you were talking about storms <clears throat> of correction, storm of perfection. And then in this particular case, the the guy's being out in the, the boat and, you know, Jesus walking by with his sense of humor. Yo, what's up, y'all? You know, having, <laughs> a little, having some issues kind of thing? And, uh... But he's the one, not the enemy, who allowed that storm... Um, sometimes we have to have storms in our life to get our focus back on Jesus.
3: Yeah. See, J- Jesus has a sense of humor. They did, they thought he was a ghost. Hey, it's me. <laughs> but but at the same time, this was very serious because Jesus knew what it says later in that chapter. Their hearts were hardened. They had not learned from the feeding of the five thousand, or the bread and the loaves, mm-hmm. or the bread and the fish, rather. And and um, uh, so so Jesus sends them into a storm to sort of emphasize his sovereignty over circumstances. And we don't really believe that, Paul. And, and those storms that are engineered by God, those are the ones that we need the most. The storms of correction we need, but they're self-inflicted storms. We did something wrong. We knew it. Uh, we didn't follow the Lord. We paid the price. But the storms of perfection, perfection. Okay. are the ones that um, um, are designed by God to make us more like him. Paul calls it sharing in the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. Now, nobody likes storms. Mm-hmm. You don't. I don't. But we need them if we're going to be like Jesus. If we're going to see his hand move in and through our lives, then um, storms of perfection are the place that we're going to see those. And those are the storms that change us. Those yeah. are the trials that make us more like Jesus mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. So storms, again, nobody likes them, but we need them desperately. Yeah. I'm I'm more appreciative of the storms of correction because I mess up.
4: Well, you know my I, I love conviction. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a sickness, but like you know, I want to be different. I want I just want to be changed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stay the same. So. Paula,
3: we're out of time. Communion Sunday this this week.
4: Oh yeah.
3: So we get to come to the table, of the Lord. I always enjoy that. Yep. One of the kids that was born. In this church is getting married on Saturday.
4: Oh my goodness, yeah! And he's getting married
3: by his brother. By
4: his brother, Pastor, Pastor Chris. Chris. Yeah. Oh, I almost cried when when talking to him about that. Cool it stuff. Was so cool.
3: Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Word to Stand On for life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. I'll be back, Lord willing, on my on. Oh, I'll be back oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Actually, it's Friday. Yeah, he's willing. On April the first, AM six thirty. The Word. I'll see you then.
4: <laughs> bye bye.